Amen. Praise God. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Amen. Well, welcome to Meet the Authors. I am excited this morning. Am I the only person in the room excited this morning? Is anybody glad about Jesus this morning? Oh, y'all don't act like y'all glad about Jesus. I tell you, I am so excited about Jesus, and I love the ministry of the watchmen, and I can say over all of the years that I have come here, I have always felt the love of Jesus, not only through the ministry, but through his people. And that is an awesome testimony of the leadership. Amen? I say that's an awesome testimony of the leadership, and it speaks volumes. And so I thank God for this true woman of God who means so much to me, and I'm sure she means so much to all of you. So can we just stand on our feet and just thank God for this woman of God, God's gift to the body of Christ? Come on, you can do better than that. She's my friend, and she's God's daughter. Amen? And to know her is to love her. Amen? Praise God. You may be seated. I tell you, I love me some Pastor Bob. (laughs) And I would be remiss to mention her sidekick. I call them the dynamic duo. There's no Batman without Robin. There's no Bonnie without Clyde. And there's no Pastor Barb without Pastor Shirley. Pastor Shirley, we honor you on this morning, and we thank God so much for you. Amen. Like I said, I am so excited this morning as we prepare to meet the author. I just got one question this morning. Do you love Jesus? Has he been good to anybody other than me? Let me say that again. Has he been good to anybody Other than me. He's such a good God. So why don't you look at the person on your left and tell them God has been good. Come on, look at the person on your right and tell them God has been really good to me. Oh, hallelujah. Now let's join hands all over the room. Let's join hands with someone. Let no one be left untouched. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We thank you because you are an awesome God. Hallelujah. There is no God like you. We come for no other reason but to give you the glory that is due your name. Be glorified, God, today, even in this author's workshop. Lord, we thank you for every author this morning. We thank you for the words that you have given them. And then we thank you, Lord God, for every person under the sound of my voice that you have spoken to. And that you have deposited a book on the inside of them. Today we declare and decree that it shall come forth. We bind the spirit of fear. And we thank you, Lord, even right now, God, for what shall happen even in this minute. So we give you praise. We give you glory. And we do give you honor. Because it all belongs to you anyway. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. And you can tell I am excited. And I make no apologies about the Jesus that I serve. Amen, amen. I don't know which year this is that I have been doing this. What year is this? About the third or fourth? 
Really? Okay, I've lost count. Amen. But it's always a privilege to see what God is speaking through his people. Amen. And as Pastor Barb said, there's so much book out there. Let's just say it's so much junk out there that it doesn't edify you. And so that's why a lot of Christians live defeated lives because they read defeated material. Let me say that again. Because what you put in you is coming out of you. Amen? Amen. So what are you reading today? That is my question. Hallelujah. Well, our first author. She says, I was brought up in Detroit by great parents who loved the Lord. My mother especially inspired me to grow close to Jesus. I studied Spanish in Mexico, which helped me become fluent and a certified Spanish teacher. Mission work has been a part of my life since I was 20, where I teach the Bible children and lead in worship. My passion is praise and worship. The Lord gave me a song and psalmist ministry, and I made my first CD. I have enjoyed the nations, especially Africa. Living a life surrendered to Jesus, wanting to please him and obey him, that is worshiping the Lord. Praise and worship is the highest form of prayer and adoration. When you keep praising, the spirit comes down and welcomes you in to worship him. Then you can forget the world and just feel locked in his amazing love. Her book entitled, Lovely Lord Jesus, to know him is to adore him. She writes on page 27, remember Lucifer was a worshiper. Then he became prideful and had to be cast down. Now he hates to see us doing what he used to be passionate about. It makes him flee. So worship is also a weapon to keep the demons out, keep in God's presence, and the devil doesn't have a chance. He is already defeated. He gets very angry with that because that was his main job. He was called and made exclusively to worship. His whole body was made beautiful with jewels and pipes to worship, but he blew it because he got into pride instead of gratitude. Now he suffers forevermore. So keep him at bay. We can learn from his mistakes. Enjoy the wonderful love King Jesus extends to us every day. To know him is to adore him. I found this book to be heartfelt, and you can feel the love and gratitude jump off of the pages. It is my pleasure to introduce a gift to the body of Christ, Miss Susan Marie Schrepp. God, hallelujah, Woo! praise God, it is, that was very nice, I, I mean, I did write it, but I hadn't read that in a while, <laughs> touched my own heart, so um, first of all, I, I do, I do want to say thank you, Pastor Barb, because um, I've also been around quite some years, I, 
I don't know, maybe 12 or more, somewhere in there. And I always, always have come and, and caught something, the presence of God, the glory of God, good inspiration and, and enlightenment. So thank you for uh, doing the work of God and thank you for, you know, acknowledging me because I'm not quite established here. But God is good and I just want to continue to love him, continue to go forth and, and, and know he's in control. There's so little expressions like God is large and he is in charge. Hallelujah. The other day if I walk out of the store because I was in Africa recently and um, while I was gone, my mom was my, I used to live with her, but because my dad passed now, she moved with my sister and all my stuff, you know, is kind of moving around. So I was a little bit you know trying to catch up but when i got out of the store i said like a jingle can't he handle it whatever it is can't he handle it he's the one and only how could we explain him he just knows what to do every time and he has that kind concerned heart for all of our stuff i said all the time you know we say god is good and that's true he is good but what i would say is i don't know how he does it, but we're so glad he does because seven billion, not, you know, our life seems like a lot, but there's seven billion people that he is available and he has solutions and he has a plan. It just, uh, that's why I believe he told me to write this book because, um, I have a strong exuberance for him and no many, many, many people really love God. But uh, I'm not afraid to go crazy for him. And, and I get like, how'd you make that cloud? And how did you do this? And I just adore creation. It's like so beautiful. And then mostly of all the beautiful mountains and seas and flowers and every type of bird, every type of cat, every type of, I mean, he needs to be acknowledged. How could you? Oh, it's amazing. It's more than we can can fathom. I mean, you know, I said, how would you do that? And, you know, not two or three types of dog, probably. Who knows, 800 or whatever it is. It's just, he's intricate. He's, uh, oh, never ends. And then, but the favorite of God, of course, is you and me, my friend, his own children. Wow, wow, and wow. Hallelujah. Did he not make us in his very own image? When I read the Bible, I go, you said that? He is so gracious, so giving, so kind, so, oh, he never stops. And he just there and there and there. I fell again, God, help me back up. Here he comes. King Jesus got the big arms, and he's so amazing, yet so personal. Okay, hey, I blew it, but you know what God said? Here I am, Susie. I'm picking you up again. I'm not talking about our, you know, we love one another, but this is the creator of the universe that stoops down and gets into your mind and heart to work things out and work it out again. And he never, you know, condemns us. I think you write about that once in a while. At Facebook. And uh, Facebook is a blessing. That's how first uh, this one and this one and then the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the encouragement I read and I love that. That's something else. The time of God, you know, like because uh, you read something just when you need to hear it. It's not coincidence. This is the Holy Ghost. Okay, he's putting it on your heart to write that because Jane needs to hear it right then. Sometimes can really help guide someone. So. Huh, excuse me. 
But anyways, about, I hate to admit, but about 20 years ago, at this one, uh, I used to go to church, they said, the lady prophetess said to me, write a book. And so I'm like, what? I didn't, you know, ever hear that or think of that. But I kind of put it off a bit. <laughs> then there was four prophets that told me, and I just wanted to mention one of them was at your conference, the man named Jeff Staples, and he was one of them. He told me to write a book. So I didn't forget it. Um, I would take notebooks and sit, sometimes lose them. But anyways, last year and the year before, I was, I got to do this, I got to do this. And I just sat down, right, right, right. So it's not like, of course, a novel. It's more of a devotional that you can pick it up. Uh, and the way on my travel, I brought one with me because it's kind of like, can be like a tool to witness. And I tell them, open up any page, you know, like that. And so then I just love the the way, you know, it seems like they get what they need to hear. So so that was good. And then I had wanted to travel, but I was like, got to get the book done. Got to then wait for it to be proofed. And unfortunately, there's a few mistakes, but we thank God next time it would be better. <laughs> um, I think if I say... A couple verses, um, you know, many times back in the Exodus time that it, it said, uh, let my people go, let my people go. But then there's one verse you can see later, Exodus 4.23, that says, let my son go free. Even though it's all of Israel, to me that's like, I don't just call them people my son. You know, God says you are something to me. You are my son. And it said, let my son go free that they may worship me, that they may come and be with me. God wants to be with each one of us. So he's just, we can't do what he does. How could he love us all? But he can. So we thank God that he wants us to worship us. Let us go so that we may worship. So that's seems to be one of his main desires. And then the same number, Exodus 4.23, then John 4.23 says that there would be the spirit and truth, worship, that we will worship in spirit and in truth. You know, the spirit has a liberty. Um, the Holy Spirit is so unique to each one of us and so personal. And then the truth, we have the belt of truth. And, of course, he doesn't want a uh, hand, you know, Performance. He wants the true heart of love to him, and then then he can he can come in and do a lot of good stuff, right? Yes, today is good to see you. I used to go some there, and he loves to worship too. And um, whenever life gets so medium, um, I was I, I don't always use YouTube, but it's quite a nice tool. Just put that music, get in 20 minutes or so, I feel way better. It's just amazing. You worship. And he comes in like does the healing in your heart and your mind. And it's like, thank you, thank you. So everything he wants is for our benefit. He wants you to worship. It's not like a big ego. We know he, he, he knows that that's where the focus should be, off your trouble. But someone said, off your crisis onto Christ. And then then he comes and abides and you just feel, Ooh, wow, the love of God is in me. The, the, the peace and the healing I know is happening. So we know life can be rough, but healing, Jesus said, he restores, he makes whole, he news, renews, forget that old past, it's a new day, he's doing a new thing, 
He's alive. He's here. And he will never fail you. Hallelujah. Glory to God and glory to Jesus and glory to the Holy Spirit. But yesterday you guys had a little song and said, when you say wonderful something. And um, somewhere recently I, I do have a gift of song. I mean, like they pop on me and... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, makes me want to say one more story, but, uh, I had also gone in the early, no, about 2011 to 14. I, I was taking different trips to Europe, and when I came back, I think my second time, the, the, uh, minister named Leonard Jones, he, he has kind of long hair. He reminded me a little of John the Baptist somehow. He'd be, yes! And I, anyway, at the end, he said, if anyone's interested, I'm doing a worship school in Germany. Anyway, that's why I had to bring that up. In Germany. And I, and I sit, because when I left the time before, I said to myself, I wish I went to Germany. I just, my brother had gone quite a few times and I didn't get to go. So as soon as he said, anyone interested, I'm going to do a worship school in Germany. I write, not thinking or anything. Sometimes I just say, I'm going! And, uh, I did get there, and then, um, I kinda like to be told, so one day he said, go, write a song. And so, I went in the back, this is a small, small place called Hernhut, Germany, and it had been a place where Moravians had prayed a hundred years in the 1700s, so it really was peaceful, no crime, the crime is going down in Detroit, Jesus' name. So, so I went out, and I started to sing like this. Then I would say, Holy Spirit flow, Holy Spirit flow. And then I didn't, after I do that a little, the song downloads. I don't, it just, so if you don't mind, I sing two little short, and then I'll be done. The, uh, that one was, um, your perfect love is you. And me walking and talking eternally. Your perfect love is you holding my hand, leading me into your promised land. Your love is divine and your love ever kind. Your love heals my heart and it gives a fresh start. Your love so alive and you call me your bride. You are love. You are love. You're the love of the
praise God. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, that song, I think perhaps uh, that atmosphere in Germany and the Mervians have helped. That was a nice one. I didn't, I just received it and tweak it a touch. And then there's Sister Jeannie who uh, sent the books. Like I was over there to give her the address. So she has been a blessing to help, and I thank God for her. Um, okay, and then when you said wonderful, I mentioned um, recently, like eight days or so, I start singing, if I can remember. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I feel like uh, what I'm talking about is my heart that's reflected in here. Um, but I know one part that it first started talking about is creation um, because uh, – I mean, it's very, 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 you just can't, how many varies you want? Exponential, very, 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 very amazingly awesome. I mean, really, truly, I, 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 that's one of my um, most highly impressed because when I look at the human body, when I, when I substitute one day and, and they had just the eye and the ear, there was so much intricacy. There was like, I go, wow. And then, you know, everything. We eat a sandwich, but the body knows what to do. And a lot of people want to say it's our tent, which is, I understand, but it's too amazing. It's just, wow. It's really a wondrous thing. And then you get a cut. It knows how to heal. You know, uh, he got all these herbs that benefit this, benefit that. Eat a walnut, helps your brain. It looks like a brain. Eat a kidney, helps your kidney. It looks like one. I mean, the more and more and more and more you continue to learn of God, the more and more and more impressed you are. Like, wow, wow. I just, I can't stop. The impression is very big. Um, one example, I'm sorry. I know, I just, I just, my book is about loving God and walking with God and, and please don't get down because he's there to pick you up. He's there to give you a boost. When you get in the praise and worship, you're in happiness. It's like, thank you. I can shake off the pain and the hurt and receive healing and love and, and peace. So, so I just thank God that he's always there, 24-7. What do you want to say? Sometime I break it down like 30, 60, like every second. He's just too sweet. And that kind heart of his is um, very, very, you know, we don't have to have it. I said, he doesn't just say I give you a little biscuit. He gives you filet mignon and, you know, he said more than you can imagine. Expect more. Um Sometime, I guess I could do what I did on the plane. Hey, take a look. It's on Jesus' time, or is it your own? And that's what was last night, too. Just to trust he, he has um, what's best for us. But he abides in the praise. That's one of the scriptures. He, he, he abides in the praises of his people. So we all say we want God in his presence. But I'm not, you know, obviously knowing what you do, but I believe one, I have a good memory. Years in college, the one pastor said, like I'm talking about in the 84-ish, 86, he said, if you're lacking anything, you're probably lacking praise. And I mean, I mean, wow, I don't forget those certain words I have like, and it's that if you praise, just take the focus off your trouble. And he said he'll fight your battle. He's going to work things out for you, you know. So thank God for that. But um, it took me, I'm not sure if somewhere um, about around two years, I think, to write this. 
Um, and I would do it mostly on my spare time and write. Sometimes I found that I might repeat a thing or two because I'm the same person. And last, I think I want to say about the creation, if you think about, uh, um, you know, when a baby is born, one, one egg generally and what, um, right around a million or a little more sperm. That's a lot. Wow. So any different combination, number 101, number 816, any particular will be a different human being. I mean, that's my God. He doesn't just make two or three sperms. He makes a zillion that don't even have a chance to live. You, my friend, are the fastest swimmer, and you are one in a million, literally, literally. All that's just maybe, maybe, maybe. And this is just God. You know, like if you do a project, you might make, well, this is in case that one breaks. One. How about a million extra? So truly, the fact you're alive, you know, even twins, they're not the same person. You are one out of a million. I mean, it's just, and I don't, I don't like, you know, people get down and just take life like, Okay, do this. No excitement. What about praising God and get out of this midday and get up here? You know, it's too much good that a lot of times take things casual. I go, look at that car. My God gave us the potential to make cars, to make airplanes, to make, you know, zillions of things. And we are made like him. Kings, priests, calls us God. So we have a great capacity. Father, you are wonderful. I just wanted to sing that one because I, I thought when you said wonderful. Father, oh, Lord, Lord, you are wonderful. You're wonderful. You are wonderful, my Lord. Father, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. You are wonderful, my Lord. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. Well, I don't think I had that one finished, but praise God. Sorry about that. But it was a blessing, and I am happy to be here. At least now you know me a little better. Um, <laughs> I have, uh, okay. Uh, then I have the one I used to do a, um, a prayer walk. I said, Jesus is the way and the truth and the L-I-F-E life. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. And the L-I-F-E, L-I-F-E, life. So in the middle of life, I-F. And that's part of the Bible. If, you know, if you don't want to get saved, that's a horrific loss. We all know. So if we continue to walk, if we continue to choose, if we continue to abide, we will have the Lord in our life. We have all possibility. We have all his promises and then, that's part I saw here, it says, life in the middle of, of, of God. And, of course, there's three, like, way, and then you get deeper into deep truth. Then you can get into Zoe's life. It's like outer court, inner court. Where do we really want to go? You can't just get there, I don't believe, instant. It takes time. Hey, you know, get into me, get into me, get into me, and don't quit. Praise me. I mean, praise. Why not louder? Why not longer? Why do we always have to be in a hurry? Why not praise him and praise him and praise him and then get closer? Now we're getting deeper and then 
Wow, we could get into that real love of God, the healing love that he wants to pour in us. But you have to push, you know, that's what most life is. Not just immediate, but the, the, the tabernacle, outer, inner, into the holy of holies. So I know you all love him. I know you are anointed and desiring to be everyone, I think. Because that's one thing, too, about him. There's no limit. Like, you could know him. 60 years really deep, but he's never done. He's got more. He's got more. So as much as you've been close, I, I just decree you are growing more in love, more rich, more sweetness in your heart from Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that your desire is to have worshipers. And I decree not even just this group, the others that come, Detroit Metro, all through Europe and Africa and even Asia, we claim, quicken us to worship you. Quicken us to fall in love again and to have that as a daily habit. And even when we read the word, we are enlightened with your revelation and we'll go deeper. We'll go uh, into that inner chamber with you. And I thank you, God, for your love and your healing virtue upon the people here. Even even the rest of this weekend, we thank you again. Ministry of the Watchmen, we call increase, increase, increase. Blessed, blessed in new doors, as he said, open doors. Let more people be celebrating in this great ministry. We thank you, Father, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank God for Miss Susan Shurup. Amen. I think if I would take one nugget that she said, it would be, if you're lacking anything, you're lacking praise. That's something we all can take home with us. Amen. Let me say that one more time. If you're lacking anything, you're lacking praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for your tenacity and your energy and your loving Jesus. Because we can see it. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We need more Christians excited about Jesus. I don't know what you're looking all sad for. She's excited about Jesus. Has he been good to you? Because when he's good to you, you're not ashamed. We need more Christians not ashamed. A lot of times people are excited and people look at you side-eyed. What you happy about? But if you know him and he's been good to you, you got something to be excited about. Amen? What's on the inside is coming out. Oh, hallelujah. What's on the inside is coming out. That's why some of us don't smile. Because ain't nothing on the inside. But when Jesus on the inside, boy, you can smile no matter what's going on. Hallelujah. Why? Because you know God got your back. I said God got your back. Hallelujah. Let me get continue. Hallelujah. Well, our next author declares 
He rescued me. A testimony of God's faithfulness. Ooh, I get excited when we talk about the faithfulness of God. Has anybody God's been faithful to? Oh, come on now. Has God been faithful to anybody? I tell you, God has been faithful to me, even when I wasn't faithful to him. Oh, come on. I ain't the only one that can say that. Don't look at me side-eyed. You ain't been faithful all the time either. But yet God has remained faithful. Amen? Hallelujah. Psalms 37 and 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Nola Dillard says, I was born in Greenville area of Cleveland, Ohio. In 1985, I married Howard Dillard, and together we have four children, Howard Jr., Rebecca, Daniel, and Joshua. And everybody knows my granddaughter, Gabby. (laughs) My family and I currently live in New London, Ohio. I have been saved since 1987. And I have been affiliated with Pastor Barbara Williams and the Ministry of the Watchmen since its founding in 1988. The Ministry of the Watchmen is a prophetic intercessory prayer ministry. I love to serve, and I have been given several opportunities in ministry. She says on page 55, she asks all of us the question, When you're at home and it's quiet, what do you say to yourself? We all have that inner voice. Some folks lying in bed and saying, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm stupid, I mess up too much, I'll never be anything. What do you say within yourself? The woman said to herself, if I touch the master, I'm going to be healed. And you can have what you say. Mark 11 and 24. This woman wasn't focused on her shortcomings or what she couldn't do. She was focused on Jesus and what he would do if she could get to him. We've got to feed on God's faithfulness. Meditate on his goodness because it's all about Jesus. I found this book to be real, full of gratitude, and challenging us to remember what God has already done. What a great gift to the body of Christ. And I thank God for my friend as she comes forward, Evangelist Nola Darling Dillard. Okay. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm not sure how much time I have, so I took notes so I could tell you, because usually when I sit down, I said, dang it, I meant to say such and such. Oh, I got 20 minutes. Okay, let me get going. So this is my second book, and it's called He Rescued Me. Amen. Amen. So the foundation of He Rescued Me comes out of Psalms 18. And so you can go home and read it. There's some homework. And so what I love about Psalms, I love the whole psalm. The whole psalm speaks to me. But it was a part when it says that he reached down and he rescued me from my strong enemy and from my enemies that were too strong for me.
and that has spoke to me then and speaks to me now. And uh, so anyway, so his faithfulness is a testimony. The, my first book was a testimony of God's goodness. You know, years ago when we started having these meetings, uh, the Power and Glory God Conference, we used to have a prophet come, Dr. Alan Wilson. Yeah, you remember him too? And so Dr. Alan Wilson prophesied to me one time, and he told me that I would have a life of adventure. And I was like, wow, that sounds, you know, my mind went to Hawaii. You know, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. And so this is nothing like what I thought it was going to be, I, you know. So anyway, so it's been adventurous, still is. And I remember uh, one time at a hard spot in my life, my husband and I's life, and uh, the pastor Barb said, you know, you need to start documenting your testimony. And I wrote that down in my prayer manual, and I look at it every now and then, and I would laugh, and I would say, the stuff I've been through, I can't tell nobody what I've been through. (laughs) I can't tell nobody this. But as I've grown, I've learned that your testimony can set someone else free. Because things you go through, and especially when you feel like you go through stuff because you've missed it, the devil can put you in jail. And so because, you know, we make ourselves so big, but it's really about God's faithfulness. So some, so when we go through these things that embarrassing or not, maybe, you know, some of the testimony is not embarrassing. Some is awesome, but it's still all about Jesus. So anyway, I'm going to just give you... Uh, he rescued me. I, it's kind of like a two-part. I give the testimony on the woman with the issue of blood, and she feeds on the faithfulness of, of Jesus. And so I have different examples because the Bible said that she, when she was at home that she heard. And so what I asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, what is she here? What, how did she get healed? And so then at the end, I kind of go into my personal testimony about some different adventures I've had with my family and I'm still having. But what I wanted to focus on, I wanted to, to pull out some things even that the Lord was showing me that's not in this book, but it's about this book. And so this is one thing I want you to remember. The word says that if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Amen. Okay, it's a, and I, I put in here, I said, what, made God, what makes God faithful? He can't deny himself. He's a man of integrity. He can't lie. So whatever he said, says he's going to do, he'll do it. He never goes back on his word. He'll never say, I was going to do this for her, but she done blew it. Thank God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I, I, like I said, I, I'm going to condense this down but the lady with the issue of blood and so when I had actually this was a sermon that I had did a few years ago and when I was sitting down I got the title first God's faithfulness and so what the Lord was showing me he said what did she hear how did she get healed and honestly this is what I saw in my heart you know how we all have that one friend that likes to break the rules that's a little edgy and so the lady with the issue of blood, you've got to remember, she was at home. She was ceremonially unclean. She wasn't allowed out the house. And so, but she, this is what the Lord showed me. How did she hear it? Well, she had somebody telling her. And I said, oh, okay. So she had a little messenger, but it wasn't a messenger of Satan. So she had a little messenger that would whisper in her ear. It started out as gossip because you've got to remember, this lady's been in her house. She's housebound. She's isolated. And so this is one. So I'm just going to just go over some things, some highlights. It says when Jesus came on the scene, she's faithless, faithless, discouraged, bankrupt, 
and bleeding and had been for 12 years. This woman had been housebound for years because she was unclean. She was an outcast. And I saw in my heart that she had that one friend who was not afraid to break the rules and come and give her all the town gossip. It says because she was housebound, she relied on her friend to sneak over and whisper and tell her what's going on in town. And then one day when her friend showed up, maybe to give her something to eat or some food or maybe picked up something for her from the store because she couldn't go out. And it says it might have started out like this. Girl, there's this guy in town. He's walking around with an entourage. Talking about God is his father. And girl, he went into the temple. He threw over the tables. He threw out the money changers. And he said, my father's house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the woman with the issue of blood said, well, who is his father? (laughs) So her friend was saying, girl, that's Joseph's son. And that's Mary's boy. And I think they wasn't even married when he got pregnant, when she got pregnant. And he talking about God as his daddy. And she said, oh, okay. And then the friend said, girl, then he had the nerve on the Sabbath. He stood up and then he read that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim the liberty of the captives and to recover and the recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that woman was sitting there. This is my Kelly Cruz voice going, wow, wow. You know how Kelly go, wow, God. And so she's sitting there saying, wow, he said all that. And then she said, do you think he's the Messiah? And she said, girl, I don't know. <laughs> she said, I'm just telling you what I heard. She said, well, anyway, I'll be back tomorrow and I'll have some food for you and whatever you need from the store. But when she left out the house, the woman said, wow, everything that this lady said that he said, I need that. And it says, uh, is this Joseph's son or is this really the Messiah? Because what he said, it did something to my heart. Because remember, he said, he said, I'm the one. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. She said, I'm poor. I done lost everything. You know, I used to be a certain woman, but now I don't have anything because I've given all my money on doctors. He's been sent to heal the brokenhearted. Can he heal my broken heart? I'm so brokenhearted. I'm so discouraged. And uh, he's come to give sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Lord, could this be my year that I'm set free? He's here to do all this. Is, is he really the Messiah or is he just Joseph's boy? Who is this? And then I wrote this one thing down, the message translation, where it says the acceptable year of the Lord. And the message it says, God sent me to announce a year of my grace. So then her friend comes back and she says, girl, I heard Jesus wanted to, uh, girl, I heard Jesus was with his entourage and he wanted something to eat. He walked by this fig tree. And what nothing on it but some leaves. So then Jesus looked at the tree. Girl, he crazy. He looked at the tree. <laughs> and he said, no man will eat fruit of you forever. And so she said, so, and then, um, okay. Okay, and then she said, and then, girl, I heard they came back a couple of days later. And in his entourage, because, you know, she's not saved. She don't know the disciples. And she said the entourage was like, wow, look, 
that tree is unrecognizable. Is that where the fig tree was? No, that wasn't the fig tree. Are you sure? That thing cursed on the root. I don't even think that's the same fig tree. And so she said, then he had the nerve to say, Mark 11, 24, and 20, 22 and 20. For the sake of time, y'all know what it says. Jesus said, have faith in God. If you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, you can have whatsoever you say. Now, I know I improvised that, but y'all know what Mark eleven twenty three is saying. And she's sitting there like, what? What? Who is he? He talking to trees and then you go back and they dead. And see, but this made a mental note. If he talked to my blood, maybe it might stop bleeding. She didn't say that to her, but this is, she, you know, this is adding two plus two is coming up four to her. Her girlfriend is just kind of letting her know what the noise is. There is somebody on the scene. He is famous. Okay. Okay, and so the friend said, check out what I heard about the tree. Okay, so we went, on, we went over that because I got ten minutes. <laughs> so, okay, after the friend left, she was thinking about what she heard Jesus say. And asking, is God really His Father? And that's what. And that. And then. And then. The, in my book, there's more miracles. So I put on here in my book. I give different examples of what she heard. This lady judged God faithful, and she was sitting at home feeding on His faithfulness, listening to the miracles. And every time her friend left, she had something else to think about. But when she heard the fact Jesus spoke to a tree, it withered up from the root, and then it died. She said, wow, if I get to him, what I'm going through, it'll stop too. Is he really the Messiah? Who is this guy? It's just being, they're just gossiping about him. Does he, is he really the truth? Amen. And so that's one thing. That's one portion of my book. What did she hear? So I talk about you got to get the book to find out what she heard. So anyway, what did she hear? Because see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And see, she was at home. And the Bible says that she said within herself, if I could just get to the master and if I could just touch him. And so in my book, I tell you the different things that she heard to give her the boldness to Say that if I could just get to him, if I could just get out the house, I'm not supposed to be out the house. How do I get to him? I know I'll crawl. And if this, if he's who he say he is, all I got to do is just grab him. I can touch to him in his garment. Because if he's doing everything I've heard him, this man is full of power. He has my answer. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. I can't let him get away. So my book talks about what did she hear? How did she get that boldness to get out the house? And then also um, I go into a little bit of testimony about my family. And on um, page 20, I just want to, as far as my kids go, Psalms 37 is also something that is just, I live. Out of the Living Bible, it says, The steps of a good man are directed by the Lord. He delights in each step that he takes. And if you fall, and if you fall, it isn't fatal, for the Lord holds him with his hand. And then David went on to say, I've been young and now I'm old in my years, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. And so in my book, I have more testimony about more of my kids. 
and uh, I have four children, and they're all very, very different. And God is so good that he has customized a life for each and every one of them. And so I talk about, amen, in my book, how God is just so faithful to the things that I was worried about as a mother. These, I mean, this is just real living. This is me at home, a nervous mom of four kids facing different things and how God in his faithfulness, structured each one of my kids' paths. He put them where he wanted them strategically as far as their school and their working. I can't take credit for anything. All I can say is I cried out. My faithful God, he reached out and he rescued me from my strong enemy. Amen. Amen. I talk a little bit about my mom and dad and where I've come from. And I'm an only child. Well, I used to be. I'm not. Once I got saved, I'm not an only child no more. Amen. Mm-mm. Nope. I used to be. And so anyway, I talk about uh, my mom and dad and how God was even faithful with that. He chose me to be their daughter. My mom thought she'd never have children. She was 38 when she had me. My dad was 48. And uh, it was uh, some time before I got here. And so when I got here, they were much older. So it was almost like being raised by your grandparents. I didn't appreciate it then. But see, now I do because the, the, that I, the things that I thought was old school and old fashioned, it set a foundation in me that can never be shaken. And so I talk about that a little bit. And so because the Bible says that when your father and your mother forsake you, the Lord will take you up. And that was always my fear. Who's going to take care of me when my parents die? Because, you know, you think as a little kid because they were older and my mother was sick a lot. And, you know, in and out the hospital. Now, she was sick a lot, but at the same time, if she wanted a little bit more attention, she also was in the hospital. <laughs> so it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And so, but that was always my fear. Who's going to help me? Who's going to? And so I remembered my dad passed first. and uh, No, my, my, my dad passed first. And then I had my mother another five years, and then she passed. I was actually pregnant with Joshua. And, uh, oh, five minutes, okay. And I was pregnant with Josh when she passed. She uh, passed in, in um, March, and I had Josh in April. But, again, my strong God, he reached down and he rescued me. And I was at my lowest, and I walked in church one day, and I heard that scripture. I said, I, see, I, said, I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> Where's Diane McCarthy? Because I always say that. <laughs> I always say, Diane, I can never talk about God without crying. And so, anyway... <laughs> I walked in church, and that's when I first heard that scripture. If your mother and father forsake you. And it's like the Lord said, hey, I'm here. You got me. I am everything you need. Everything you need. And so that's what this book is about. God's faithfulness. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. A testimony of God's faithfulness. Amen, amen. I guess if I would take a nugget from her book, it would be have faith in God. So whatever you're facing this week, whether it's financial, whether it's healing, no matter what it is, have faith in God. Amen. Praise God. Well, our final book 
for our 2018 Meet the Authors. Shirley S. Camp. Hallelujah. Is an ordained minister of the gospel. As the pastor of the Cleveland chapter of the Ministry of the Watchman International School of Ministry and Church, she fulfills the call of God to preach and make disciples of men. Shirley is known as a compassionate, caring, and giving pastor. She goes the extra mile in caring for the sheep and undertakes the burden of prayer for the ministry of the watchman. Her ministry is in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit with signs following, God healing many through her touch. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The prize, the high calling, and the great commission. Hallelujah. She says on page 71, Paul pressed toward the prize of being transformed into the image of Christ and to be perfected in him. This was important to Paul, and it should be important to us. Don't let yourself be so concerned with the cares of this life. Life is so much more than worrying about what you're going to eat and drink or how you're going to pay your bills. That's not what life consists of. Life consists of a pure relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. This is what Paul pursued. He pursued perfection and completion in Christ. Are you pursuing perfection or are you satisfied with how things are? I found this book to be thought-provoking and it helps you put things in perspective. And it is loaded with wisdom. It is my pleasure to introduce a gift to the body of Christ. The beautiful Miss Shirley S. Kale. Praise God. Every time I, I come up here, I'm not bragging because I take no, I mean, it's book number five, but I take no um, credit for it at all because I'm almost weeping. I'm going to try not to. But. God has been so good. He is so good to me. And I press. I press for the prize. And most of us, all of us know that Jesus is the ultimate prize. Amen. Hallelujah. And the thing about Paul is that he found out that the kingdom was within. He pressed to find God in this, thank you, Noah. He pressed to find out the secret that of uh, this this wisdom and this revelation that had been locked up for centuries. 
And through his revelation, through his sufferings, through his love for Christ, he unlocked that wisdom and, and that knowledge and that understanding that Christ was in him, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Amen. Christ in you. Hallelujah. And it's such a, you know, when you, when you get over yourself and get over the world and you really understand what's important, it's, it's God and what he's doing in you and through you. And we're all called. You know, and, and that's another thing. He was called. He was pursuing this call, and he realized on the way it was a high calling. It wasn't just a, uh, how can I put it? It wasn't just something to do, but, you know, to occupy his time. But it was a, natu- uh, a bona fide calling from the depths of his inward man that Christ um, was real. And he had been called for such a time as this, like you and me, and that Christ was alive and and he was he really existed. And so I just um, Minister Peggy read Philippians three twelve fourteen, but this was the reason that I wrote the book. I'm just going to read a little bit of it again. I pressed toward the goal for the prize, and that right that's what got me. That got my attention. I pressed toward the goal. It was a goal. For him, and it ought to be a goal for us to, you know, pursue after Christ. We need to be God chasers, Christ chasers. We need to desire Him and desire everything that He has for us. Not just stuff, not just things, but we need to want to obey the call so that we could please Him. And pleasing him, and, and you know, this is the thing, I'm not trying to uh, be someone, oh, I just want to do what God, I fought God every step of the way sometimes, you know. But he brought me through everything that he, some of the stuff he put me in, some, you know, and I said, like, God, why do you do me like this? But he was right there to get me out. Such a passionate, loving God. Amen. Hallelujah. But he pressed toward the goal. It was a goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so I think this book, The Prize, talks specifically about the Apostle Paul's struggles in his lifetime because he sure had them. Amen. In jail, out of jail. In season, out of season. He was always in jail. But, you know, he says he didn't allow those things to... What's that scripture? Move him. Thank you, Pastor. He was not moved because I think Paul, you know, that being in that place, in jail or wherever he was, he's being persecuted, you know, that brought him closer to God. I think it does with all of us. It causes us to seek him, you know, in a more passionate way. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he says, uh, his position was to press forward, to obey the calling, regardless of his difficulties. He had setbacks. You know, he had um, just so many things to happen to him, but he was determined 
that they were not going to move him. He, he had missed, he made mistakes. In fact, you know, he had to deal, especially I believe when he was in prison, he had to deal with who he was. You know, when you get in trouble, you got to deal, you got to look at yourself. <laughs> and he had to look at his spectacular past. The past, you know, he was a persecutor. He, he was religious in the church. He's a Pharisee. And he wrote up everybody when, you know, he didn't like what they did. And he also killed Christians. He did everything that was wrong. But, you know, God just changed and turned all of that harshness and all of that anger and all of that ugly stuff. He turned it into something so soft and so sweet and so amazing that he cared. Paul desired so much to be with the Lord, but, you know, he couldn't think of anything better than being with the Lord. But he wanted to stay here so that he could teach the people and teach the people through his anguishes and through his problems what he found out because he wanted others to unlock that secret, unlock that secret of wisdom. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And quitting wasn't an option. Amen. Uh, when Pastor Waller was uh, preaching yesterday, I thought about Paul when he was saying, why do people want to quit? You know, why do they want to quit? But quitting was not an option for Paul. Amen. But more importantly, forgetting those things that were behind, forgetting what was behind, forgetting what he had gone through, you know, forgetting who he was. And, you know, that took a lot. If you just think about it, if you persecuted Christians, you were a bad boy in town, you know, and if you wanted to write everybody up because you were religious and didn't agree with what they did. And so Paul had a lot to overcome. You know, he had to mostly overcome himself. Amen. But I'm telling you, the ultimate thing was that Paul's primary pursuit of Christ. And the thing that got me, and it's got me weepy, is his ultimate prize in his life was to know him. To know Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Know him in his sufferings. Know him in his daily walk. Know every strike that Jesus took. Paul wanted to understand and put himself in that place so that he could appreciate Christ even more for what he did. And don't forget, Christ hadn't come yet. So he knew him by the Spirit, by faith. And and Christ has not come back again. He will. But you can know him by faith. You can know him because he's inside of you. And I think that's the most profound thing that I found about reading about Paul. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we should never lose hope. Amen. Hallelujah. And he had a, an accomplished past, I wrote down. <laughs> Amen. But even though he was in chains, it could not keep him from pursuing God. Amen. And it was a a fulfilling journey because I think Paul, uh, he, he learned so much and he taught so much just by how he um, responded and reacted to some of the things that he went through. Amen. Hallelujah. And so... 
when he was in chains, it, especially when the prison doors flew at open after praise, well, I say he had a praise and worship ser- uh, service. And after that happened, and, and that's what Jesus does. He, he sets the captives free. And when the doors flew open, Paul was not interested in leaving. And, and what impressed me, neither was the, were the other prisoners. Usually, prisoners, if the doors fly open, I'm out of here. But because of the, I believe, because of the atmosphere, amen, was charged with the power of the Holy Ghost in that place. Amen. And, you know, the Bible says that he, were, he was in the lower bowels of the jail. He was in the mud and the dirt and where the dung is. But, you know, the only thing that Paul could, uh, uh, how can I say this? The only thing he could compare his life with, um, no, he said, all of this is dung. You know, in other words, the good life that he had and the good things that he had done and even the things that were to come, he says, I, 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 I count it dung if I couldn't know, if I don't know him or couldn't know him. Knowing him was the ultimate thing. It was the ultimate prize. I think I might have said that wrong, but you all understand what I'm trying to say. Amen. His, his, I'm just saying this. We need to, I would say first, like Paul, get out of yourself. I think I said that. The lust and the, 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 lust, the lustful thoughts. And, and, I, and I'm not talking about sex. It doesn't have to be. I'm talking about, you know, the things of this world. You've got you to gotta overcome them. Amen. And, you know, and just subdue your flesh. And this, is, this was one of Paul's great accomplishments. And I think it was because he, not because he was in so much trouble, but because he loved Christ so much. He loved him because Christ first loved him. He felt the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 1, uh, 17. And that's another thing that in, in, uh, encouraged me to do the book. And it was talking about, it was, well, uh, a letter that Paul has, had written, one of the letters to Rome. And he was talking about walking in the newness of life. And sometimes we have to just get over the past, get over ourselves, and walk in the newness of life. Walk in what God is doing. Amen. He's doing a new thing. Hallelujah. Which was the title of my last book. <laughs> God is doing a new thing. Amen. And so, you know, you have to uh, just get over the things. You know, it's not fun when you feel like a failure, but God can always lift you up. Sometimes I believe we have to allow God to do these things because sometimes we're our biggest critic and our, our biggest enemy. But we have to learn how to trust God, even with our own thinking, subdue the flesh, and trust the spirit realm. And Paul walked in the spirit, and that's another thing. He walked in the spirit, and he didn't enjoy the lust of the flesh because he learned how to overcome. He learned how to overcome his flesh. Amen. He put God first in his life. Amen. He talked about how no man in Romans 8 should be condemned. Amen. 
You know, no, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That word condemnation means no guilty verdict. God has now, you know, hit the gravel and said, you're guilty. But he says you're not guilty. Amen. Because he's such a merciful, hallelujah, and loving God. And so Paul's motivation came from his struggles, but not just his struggles, but Jesus' struggles. Because he, he shared in Jesus' struggles. Amen. Ten minutes. <laughs> Amen. Paul knew that Christ was alive in him, and that was the ultimate prize. Hallelujah. Paul kept his eyes on Jesus, who began. In other words, Jesus was the beginner, and he was the finisher. And so Paul put himself in that place. Amen. And so that's what we should do. He, but he was, uh, he was determined to finish his race. Now, what was the race? It was the race of faith. It was a faith race. Amen. And he didn't want to quit. And that's why quitting was not an option because he wanted to reach the goal. And the goal was him knowing Christ on the inside of him. And that, to him, that was the finish line. I know him. I know that he's alive in me. Amen. We know that the word is alive in us. And there's nothing that we cannot do. Amen. We're overcomers. We're more than conquerors. We say these things all the time. But we have to allow Christ to, to rise up and, and become alive in us. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us accomplish all these things. We're not doing it on our own. Amen. He accomplishes all these things, but we have to um, allow him. And don't fight. Most of the time we fight ourselves and we fight against God, but we need to relax and allow God to work on the inside of us and work for us, you know, in him. In him we move, we live, and we have our being. And so we need to uh, trust in what God is doing. In our lives. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 24 through 29 talks about it. It says, I rejoice in my suffering for Christ. Amen. He didn't complain all the way like me and you sometimes. Amen. But he rejoiced in the, the sufferings of Christ. And so I believe that all of these things we need to experience uh, because it's part if we're going to participate in the Great Commission. It's like, how can you minister to somebody else if you haven't experienced anything? Or if you, if you don't have the heart for people, if you don't have the heart for um, somebody that's failed, and you, know, you just can't nail them to the wall, although sometimes we feel like it. But you know, we have to speak forgiveness and love and life, and we're the only examples of crisis some people are going to see and so we have to kind of take a step back and allow people to critique us if that's what they want to do because they will see christ in you but it's a work it's a work and i believe paul um shows us what can be done and then the uh let's see i said i wrote down page 94 and i don't know why i'm just gonna go there right quick and see What's on there? Because it's it's a scripture page. Let's see. 
That's not the scripture I want. Uh, on page 95, it talk, it's 1 Corinthians 2.7. It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, this is what I wanted, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that's Isaiah 64, 4. But God has revealed them through us by his spirit, or through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, deep things of God. And so I believe Paul experienced the deep things of God. Amen. And me and you. We can experience the deep things of God. How much time do I have? Just want to tell a little short story. I've got three minutes. It reminds me, and I have it in the book. Uh, the first time I was in a denominational church, it was right before um, I left the denomination. God locked me out the church, and I'm just going to say spiritually, you know, He locked me out. And so my kids didn't want to go back. And they said, and I asked them why, and, well, those people, they don't like us anymore. But we had outgrown that place, and I just, you know, I just didn't want to quit because I don't know why. But anyway, um, I was meditating because I was trying to figure out, should I leave, should I stay? And I was sitting there meditating as best I could, being religious, and um, I heard this voice, and this voice said, if I had, if you had been the only person in the world, I still would have gone to that cross. And I looked around because I thought my, but my husband was at work. And I thought it was one of my sons playing a trick on me. And I turned around and I didn't see anybody, but I didn't recognize that was not a familiar voice to me anyway. And so I, I um, just kept praying and, and then that voice said, yeah, if I meant that, he says, I'm talking to you. If you had been the only person in the world, I still would have gone to that cross. And I tell you, that changed me. It, see, all we need is one word from God sometime. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's what started me on my quest for God. And I was on a quest for God. I didn't know it at the time for, because I kept asking everybody in the church before I left, is there more? Is there more? I just didn't know any better. I went and asked my pastor's wife, is there more? And she says, more of what? I said, more of God, more to receive from God. She said, girl, if you get too good, you just die and go to heaven. You'll die early. And I said, well, I don't think I should, you know, desire more. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> well, that's what she, you know, she didn't know. And so I just accepted that for then, but I knew in my heart there was more to be found, more to explore, and more to receive from God. And so without knowing, I went on a quest, and I found God, but for real though. Amen. And he changed my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I did a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong, but I, I can identify with Paul in his writings. And he wanted to continue to go, continue to press, 
continue to five more whole minutes. <laughs> he continued, <laughs> you know, until he he just wanted to please God and know Him in a greater way. And I know that's all that we want to do. Now we there are fringe benefits on the side. Don't get me wrong, and I love all of them. I tell everybody if if you don't want the blessing, give it to me. I'll take it. Amen. But we we the fringe benefits are not what we you know it's not the most important thing now when i was younger i thought it was but as i grew older i I started to understand that those things are good but i also understood that those things would come because god has to take care of his children amen but in the process i was learning more about him and receiving him and he was taking the stony heart and all of the junk and all of the mess, and he was taking that out, and he was converting my heart and heart into a heart of flesh and a heart that loved people, a heart that just wants to go the extra mile. I mean, and I, I kind of found a, a, comparison, a comparison with Paul, and I understood what he went through. And so that's why I wrote the book, The Prize. Amen. Praise God. I'm, I'm done. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen, amen. Have you enjoyed the author's workshop? Amen. I think if I would take a nugget from her book, it would be, he didn't allow those things to move him. Remember, God is always in control. And even though you can't see it, doesn't mean that God has not already done it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Three awesome books. And I encourage you to get all three. I would like all three of the authors to come up. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome gifts to the body of Christ. Amen. Lovely Lord Jesus. To know him is to adore him. He rescued me. A testimony of God's faithfulness and the prize, the high calling and the great commission. The common thread that I found in all of the author's books this year pointed to relationship. God wants to speak to you. He wants you to know him. He wants to show you his faithfulness. And then he wants you to know not your house, not your car, not your job, not your money, not your children, but he is your prize. Because when you get him, you get everything. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, when you get God, you get everything because he is the prize. To know him, to trust him, to rely on him, you get the prize. If God has given you something to say, write it down because God is waiting on you. And not only is God waiting on you, somebody else 
is waiting to hear what you have to say. Amen. Don't think it's strange that God is telling you write things down. Because it is for someone else at the appointed time. Amen. Well, the authors will be in the lobby um, with their books. So go by and encourage them and talk with them and bless them and purchase a book. It has been my honor, as always, to be your moderator. It is a blessing. And one of the things I would always say.